0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen Davis says previous success at Rangers counts for very little this time around Craig Gordon's confident Celtic's title winning experience will tell come the end of the season And Neil Lennon chases Lewis Morgan as Gary Mackay-Steven considers a move to New York I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Gordon Diel and Mark Wilson Yes Gordon, we're 10 days into this transfer window and already it's shaping up to be one of the most interesting and intriguing of recent times um, 21 days still to go though And there's going to be more signings You just wonder who is going to make um, the best moves Because there's still some uh, plenty of drama in this window And I'm looking forward to it you know? And I'm looking forward to seeing the players come back and how they are Because that's the big question Will the players that Rangers have bought, uh, brought in Be the same standard that they were in the English Premier League And are the players that Celtic have brought in Actually any good Because nobody really knows that So intriguing times ahead And I'm watching the footage Coming in from Dubai Or Tenerife Or wherever the, the, the various teams are Gordon Deal And it now seems like This notion that the winter break Is, is somehow a rest um, That's not really the case It seems to be uh, Quite hard work And it's essentially Another pre-season In the middle of the season Yeah you've got to up your fitness This is an opportunity For managers And um, you know The staff to get their players Right up to fitness Because they're, they're running and when they come back, it's going to be so important because, you know, if you look at the years gone by, you're probably saying, right, it's a race for second. There's a title race on now. Celtic will be wanting to, you know, hit the ground running. Rangers, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, they're all away. Even Motherwell are over in Tenerife because they know they're at the bottom end. Livingston's away. In our day, and well, my day, uh, when I played, it was Burnt Island for a couple of nights out and then back to training. But it's completely different now. And uh, it's the way I, I, I believe in it, Gordon. I think it's a good break for the guys. They'll get a lot of rest time over there. They'll get a lot of time to get to know each other. Mark was saying there about the transfer window. Teams have made signings. It gives them an opportunity to all blend together, get to know each other. And as I say, every club has got to hit the ground running. And we were talking about it before we come in here. The Wednesday after the Scottish Cup, we'll be looking at going to games because I want to see what's happening. I really do. Right, in the second hour of tonight's show, we're going to be focusing on the juniors. Something we hear quite a lot. Why don't you talk about the juniors a bit more often? Well, I'll tell you what, tonight is that night. It's a winter break. We try and do something a bit different in the second hour of the shows. And tonight, it's all about the juniors. We've got a few guests lined up, but we want to hear from you. Any memories, experiences, stories that you've got that we won't know about? Share them with us on the phones uh, Another thing I'm looking for Gordon We obviously are, are wanting uh, to talk about the, the transfers and the news of the day You'll have been very proud of your, your old team last night I'm sure, what a demolition Oh we were terrific, I've got to say That was the sort of football that I was brought up with When I went down to City uh, Guardiola's just carried it on Gordon you've got to say I've, I've stood in a touchline When a terrific Rangers team Beat us 7-0 in the semi-final and I looked at Nigel Clough And it's not a pretty place to be It's a lonely place And you're looking at the clock And you're thinking This is a calendar I'm looking at Not a clock And nine And At least you didn't have a second leg Still to come yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've, I've got to be I've got to be honest Right I've got to be honest When it got to nine 
I was hoping for a magic 10 Every minute something Yeah So that's something to just keep ticking along in the background Tell us the heaviest defeat you've ever seen inflicted on your team You can do it on the phones or on Twitter 01419511025 The heaviest defeat you've ever seen inflicted on your team This is after Man City's trouncing uh, of Burton Albion last night Anything that springs to mind Mark Wilson? You had a few sevens didn't you? Yeah, uh, well, just one seven. Oh, sorry Aye. My apologies one seven. Um, But that was pretty bad because that was in the semi-final of the League Cup at the National Stadium Who was um, that against Mark? That was against Rangers for Dundee United uh, The hammered us Absolutely hammered And the thing was We got uh, back mm. to 2-1 And Jim McIntyre Had a penalty claim And you're thinking Oh We've got here Rangers we go. here Oh yeah We've got Rangers Could have been so If it wasn't for the other five <laughs> Rangers goals then <laughs> It could have been 7-2 right <laughs> Goals change games uh, Goals yeah. change games yeah. Gordon exactly ah, We were robbed that night <laughs> Let's do it 01419511025 Any thoughts on transfers Heaviest ever defeats And in the second hour The juniors What does it mean to you Give us your memories What are you shaking your head at already I've, got a, early a, for I've that. got a good one for the juniors In the second half Right of okay show. Save it yeah, is that all right? Oh, I can't wait. Right, let's hear from Stephen Davis. He says his previous success at Rangers means nothing as he attempts to bring silverware to the club in his second spell. Uh, he says he would like to his, extend his stay beyond the summer, but he's hoping the experience in the squad can help him uh, in the second half of the campaign. I know the demands of the Rangers fans and what they expect, so that doesn't ne- necessarily count for anything moving forward. I, I know what I need to do. I've never got in the pitch. Um, ultimately, the, the least they expect is 100% effort. That's in my nature anyway, so I'm not concerned with that there, but I need to go and show my qualities once again and uh, have an impact on the team and help the team because they put themselves in a good position. It's always nice to have players in the squad who've been there before and done it. And um, Obviously, you've got a few of us in there that played together in the previous spell, so um, there's good experience within the team with the players that we've brought in now as well and um, hopefully we can push on forward. Listen, we know there's a lot of hard work to do in the second half of the season. Um, Celtic have rightly deserved to, to win the title over the, the last number of years and it's up to us to, to go out and show that we deserve it this year Can you see yourself ending your career here? Yeah, who knows, like, football always throws up a few surprises but hopefully um, beyond the six months uh, everything will go well and, and then we can look at things and uh, make it a, a longer term thing Let's hear from you, 0141 uh, When we talk about signings and we, we sort of Analyse a couple of categories when we're trying to decide if they're a good signing or not. I think ability is, is you know, sort of the most important one. But when you talk about experience and knowing the demands and so on, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Stephen Davis admits that himself, mm. um, but it must help. Because by and large, yeah. this Ranger squad that's been assembled this season doesn't have experience of getting over the line up here. Perhaps some of them don't know. I'm sure they're learning um, about what's expected. Yeah. He will Yeah listen we've seen it Kyle Lafferty came in And everyone was giving it You know Kyle Lafferty Been at the true. club yep, Scored many true. big goals Knows how to win titles And he's not really hit the heights That Rangers fans would have Expected him to I think Stephen Davis is different though I think Stephen Davis Is a pick of the bunch I know Jermaine Defoe Is getting a lot of the headlines And because he scores a lot of goals And that comes with strikers They, they get the back pages I think Stephen Davis Is a key signing For Rangers because he's so influential His time at Rangers um, a, a few years ago He was so influential To everything they they done And I know The years have went by But it's not as if He's he's not been playing He's, he's played at a top level Under top managers For so many years uh, He's a fit lad And I think Rangers were missing A player like him In the middle of the park I mean he's an upgrade Certainly on guys like Ajaria um, I mean Koulibaly People like that Davis a far cry from them Way better than 
And he'll be a creative force And I think that's what Rangers were really missing Someone to feed Candias and Kent and Morelos From the middle of the park That's what Rangers were missing And uh, and now it seems like they've got someone who can do that Yeah, I think uh, Mark's right I think Rangers were always looking They were talking about a number 10 I don't think he's a number 10 but the one He's wearing number 10 I mean, if it, technically, <laughs> he's a number ten. <laughs> he is the absolute definition of a number ten. <laughs> anyway, he's a good number ten to have in your team. <laughs> You've done me there. Um, but I mean, by a number ten, playing off the the striker. But I think he's one of these guys that he's terrific at picking a pass. He can see a pass early, and if the movement from the front players is good enough, which it probably will be, I think he'll be tremendous at that. I think he's got guys round about him that can go and win the ball, give it to him and let him be the creative player that can make that pass and be the number 10 Rangers have always wanted. It's a one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. Uh, let's speak to Jim, who's a Rangers fan in Kilmarnock. Hi, Jim. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, um, thanks, Jim. regarding the, the job that Jones um, signing, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm obviously from Kilmarnock. Um, I've been reading a lot on social media. The comments that most Kelly fans is absolutely disgusting towards this guy. They're um, betting with injury on him. I hope he's injured. I hope he didn't get a game with Rangers. I hope his career is downhill. I think it's disgusting, but I don't know if it's a good idea to have this transfer thing that he can sign for a club in January, especially a rival club, and then he still plays for his current club. What do you think of this transfer thing? Do you think there's a future at Kelly for Jordan Johnson? Is he going to come in this side of the transfer window? Interestingly enough, I noticed online, and we've not had the chance to like you know get get Stephen Gerrard's answer on this, but Gresda pictured on crutches today with the old boot on. Whether that accelerates the process or not, who knows? We, we'll wait to find out. What do you make of Jim's point? It's um, I always thought pre-contracts is a difficult thing to manage for players and the club mm. and the fans. You know, you've got a, a whole mix here for a player going out and playing. I think it's. Difficult when they're coming up against the the club they're going to. I always remember Gary Caldwell did it at Celtic and I was there and Gary spoke about how he found it incredibly difficult. The fans found it difficult supporting him. Um, uh, and the manager's in a position. Does he play him? Does he not play him? I would, will you tell me that news there about Gresda? I would have thought Rangers might try and offer some money to, to get him away. Now, if Kilmarnock were in 6th place Or 7th place I think there'd be no problem He'd be on his way to Ibrox Or perhaps out in Tenerife just now The fact is that They're one point off the pace I think Steve Clark will fight tooth and nail to keep him But uh, no doubt about it These pre-contracts put people in difficult positions Well I, I mean Jim's asking about pre-contracts in, in general Whether we think they're a good idea it's- it's important I suppose to remind ourselves Gordon It's nothing new There have been no. umpteen examples of them over the years uh, We had John Viola in on Tuesday night telling us even you know Darius Adamchuk he was was one that, that he could remember. So I don't know. Is it just because nowadays we there, there's that extra level of scrutiny out there? We've already seen people looking at social media and what Jordan Jones is tweeting, and you know it just intensifies I, everything. I, I think that if uh, like Mark, if Kamarnock were sitting in seventh place just now, I don't think Kamarnock fans would have any problem whatsoever. It's because they believe under Stevie Clark who's doing an absolute terrific job, you've got to say, they believe they could, you know, with a bit of luck, they could go and win the title. I don't think that will happen, right? So I think that for the best, if they could get some money for him just now, 
I think it would be best for both parties and the player because it is going to be difficult now because I think his first game is against Rangers when the, the league, game. league game in a couple of weeks on Wednesday and I think it's got to be difficult for a boy and I, I, I'm like Mark I don't like them but they're not new Gordon they've been here for a long while and you've just got to trust in the players to go out there and give their best for the club who's paying your wages until you walk out the door what do you think Jim? I don't think there's a future for him. See, as I say, I've seen Kobalt and reading the comments for the Kelly fans, it's absolutely disgusting. And I think part of the problem is, see if this guy who's gone to Aberdeen or Dundee or Hibs or something like that, it would have been fine, but see, because it's Rangers, it seems to be there's a lot of hatred. I don't know why to Kilmarnock fans towards um, towards Rangers, but the comments I've been reading on there to Kilmarnock fans are totally disgusting. But you're saying about Stevie Clark going to miss him. According to the Kelly fans, he's not going to be missed and he's not really that good a player. But that seems to have happened overnight if he signed that contract. OK, thank you to Jim, a Rangers fan. He's got his ear to the ground in Kilmarnock. He's got a good grasp of the situation. Uh, we're asking, remember, in light of Man City's win last night, your heaviest defeat that you've seen your team uh, on the receiving end. John Marshall says, My dad took me to watch Falkirk at Parkhead in the CIS Cup. Uh, we were beaten 8 1. Heaviest defeat I can remember. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if John ever went back or if that put him off for life. Mm. Um, mm. Just check Twitter, see if there's anything else on that one. Yep, keep it Hang coming. When, then. when I was at Celtic and beat Aberdeen 9 0, 9 1, was that? At when, Celtic Park. Were you playing now? No, I was in the stand actually. Uh, oh, were, were you at Celtic? I was at Celtic at that time. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 to be honest, nine, yeah. at 0 0, I thought Aberdeen should have had a pair and they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> right, keep your memories coming, your heaviest ever defeats. Uh, Robert Coates is on Twitter, really disturbing this one. He says, uh, I can confirm Rangers will go on to win the league. And if I'm wrong, I will hold up an I love Mark Wilson sign with a green man Keeney on. And bear in mind, I am a healthy 18 stone. Lovely. So, I Robert, can't wait. Do you know what I'm going to do right get, now? I get that I'm name. just going to save. That. Lean over and like uh-huh. the tweet Just so yeah. we don't We've got that there yes. for us. A lot of people will think it's Mark <laughs> <laughs> Let's speak to William A Rangers fan in Port Glasgow Hi William Hi there guys How you doing? You got any heaviest defeats Memories for us William? Well can I just take your pick There's been quite a number Especially <laughs> over the last couple of years um, Probably Yeah the, the 5-0 defeat At the end of last season Against Celtic Um Obviously I'm a Rangers fan And uh, yeah that, that wasn't nice Especially them Obviously that was the game That they had to win to uh, Win the title So no definitely not a Not a good memory there mm. What was your other point tonight William I'm sure lots of Rangers fans Would uh, agree with your Your feelings on that result uh, Yeah it was just um, About my transfer business um, Just I'm, I'm really really pleased so far You know Davis and Defoe Great signings You know I'd, I'm quite happy with those things Because we know What they're going to bring You know a lot of people know What they've done in their careers um, I'm not keen on signing you know, youth prospects or unknowns, really, I'd rather, you know, especially when it's a critical stage of the season, I'd rather we bring in players that we know what they're all about, we know, know their quality, even their age. Uh, really pleased about Jones and Kamara as well. Um, so I, th- I think it's shaping up really nicely for the second half of the season. And um, I think uh, there's a, an American player, Matt Poster, that we've still got in trial in Tenerife that we might um, sign. So it's, uh, it's looking good at the minute. I think William makes a good point there. At this stage of the season... Where Rangers are, where they've came from, um, the signings are making experienced players. Um, even with Jordan Jones, a guy who's done it in this league, you know everybody knows him. Um, we've seen what he can do, uh, so there's no really unknowns in there. Um, and years gone by, Rangers have went down this loan route that they've went down to teams like Tottenham and Arsenal and and things like this, and taking players never really worked. We see, even see we Jaria didn't work, but they've got away with it because. 
the other guys run about of uh, dog rangers out. So I think William's right in terms of I think most of the fans would have rather seen experience to try and boost the squad and get them over the line rather than unknowns coming up for some game time who doesn't really know they don't really know what it means to, to win a title whether you've got guys like Davis who, who knows what it means you've got guys like Defoe who's played at the top level um, that's the kind of guys I think Rangers need to, do, do you, to pull we, them on we often hear this do you genuinely feel it when when a signing is made in January um, maybe even in the summer as well and perhaps when it, when it is a big name does it really give people a lift because we yeah. hear that but you've been in dressing yeah. rooms oh, 100% yeah. I mean I was there at Celtic you know Robbie Keane came in and I remember sitting at home didn't know much about it but I was sitting at home switch on the TV and you know you've seen the footage of him outside Celtic Park it was night time loads of fans there and I was sitting in the house going oh my god what a sign that is that's absolutely incredible you know I'm going to be training with this guy mm. and it just gives everybody a lift next day in training standard automatically seems to lift because this guy played at some of the best teams in Europe and in Eng- England and you're trying to impress him So uh, there's no doubt about it It gives everybody at the club a boost These guys Final word to you William uh, Yeah just again I mean uh, I, I still think You know in terms of the transfer window um, I still think we do need uh, Another number 10 I know Davis can play in that role From time to time But I think in terms of You know That player that can definitely Unlock a, unlock a defence If things aren't going well Like a shot from distance You know just a, a bit of moment of quality I still think we maybe need that other number 10 And um, if we get that I, I think we'll be good to go And really can push Celtic all the way Great stuff Thank you to William in Port Glasgow It's 01419511025 We're also asking uh, For your memories of your heaviest defeats After Man City's exploits last night Mick is on He says I was in Paris last year for the Celtic game I'll say no more That was it, was it? He, he meant it He's saying no more We're going to hear from Craig Gordon After the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's hear from you on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Any reactions to the transfer news that's been rumbling on this week? Your memories, please, of your heaviest ever defeat after Man City's 9-0 win last night. And don't forget, in the second hour, uh, we're going to be focusing on the junior. James McCluskey's on Twitter at Clyde SSB. We're going back a bit here before... Mm. Well, you might remember it. Uh, it says Celtic 10... Hamilton nil League Cup in 1968 I might remember it Ah, oh, you'll remember that You were born before then Yeah That day Well Okay six years There you go Don't remember that one No No I don't like it no. He says Lennox and Chalmers Both scored five So there we go Oh I, I have no reason to Um not believe that Anthony Harris says Regarding Celtic beating Aberdeen 9-0 Mark forgets to mention Celtic went down to 10 men ah, Exactly Aye aye so Who was it they sent were, off again? They were down to uh, 10 men Most weeks when I you don't were playing uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas wrong you? No I don't know You can't, can't even, even remember, remember. Honestly, you are He was in the stand He was in the half stand. I, I, He was, was raging that, I think that was the game If I remember Was the game Dillard McGeoch Scored an absolute Peachy a goal Got it at his 18 yard box Ran the full length of the pitch I'm sure it was that game Somebody might tweet and <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong But I'm I, sure I think it was you're that probably one. wrong G-Dog is on He says My father took me to watch Queen of the South Newcastle At Palmerston in a friendly 30 years ago 
Newcastle won 6-0 If I remember right A young Paul Gascoigne Scoring a few There we go See these things live with you mm-hmm. See when you get a heavy defeat like that Those Burton Albion fans last night oh, Don't, don't forget those things yeah. 0141-951-1025 Let's hear from Craig Gordon uh, He thinks Celtic could have the upper hand On the teams around them Because they've been dealing with the pressure Of being top for years uh, It's just 8 points Separate the top 6 at the moment The Hoopskeeper believes They have the staying power to remain there Of course we want to, to go on And win the league And, and you're right It is very condensed And for, for everybody else that, That's quite exciting the, the pressure I think it brings Is it brings to everybody Because everybody's in there With a chance Everybody's fighting For, for points that are Potentially going to uh, Decide the, the placings and, and prize money And things like that So there's, there is a lot to play for Right down to 7th, sort 8th of place are, are still quite tight And, and a chance of, of Doing really well this season So there's, there's a lot to play for For, for a number of teams and, and that'll bring its own Individual pressures to them as well So You, you could talk about that For, for every single club um, They're all going to be under pressure um, you know, Being at Celtic we're, we're always under pressure So we're used to that Maybe not so much The, the other clubs that, that haven't been up there And, and done that for, for a considerable period of time So um, I can only see that benefiting us uh, To be honest to, to go into the second half of the season With the, the knowledge that that we can go in and, and compete at that level and, and know what it takes to get the job done. <laughs> Shock. Dylan McGeoch's goal was against St Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well. Hopeless, <laughs> absolutely. The strips are quite similar in an Aberdeen and St Mirren. Seriously, why do you open your mouth? Well it'd be a pretty long show if he doesn't So um, anyway uh, Craig Gordon talking about this experience that Celtic have Of, of getting over the line and, and winning titles Does does that count? How much does that count for? You guys will know better than I me I think it does I think having experienced guys who can dig out results um, Does count um, the, the thing is with, with the Celtic squad They've they've had it pretty easy You know in the, in the actual running You know when it gets to end of February into March They've almost got the title Or had the title wrapped up for Well Longer than I can remember So it'll be interesting if Rangers If Kelly If Aberdeen Who are only Aberdeen only three points behind uh, If they can keep yeah. in touch with Celtic It'd be interesting to see how The players react But I Listen I truly believe that Celtic Have the quality and the experience <laughs> Sorry, to, I'm, to be able to handle it What's he done now? His memory is all over the place So I just read out the tweet I read it out in good faith But mm-hmm. lots of people are saying It was Paul Hartley Was red carded for Aberdeen So Celtic didn't get a red card Aberdeen did <laughs> I thought Paul Hartley Was playing for Celtic at that time Everyone says Tell Mark it was St Mirren Paddy says The McGeoch goal was against St Mirren Not surprised Wilson didn't remember He was asleep Half the time he was on the pitch Thank God for Andy Hinkle <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I wasn't even on the pitch I was asleep in the stand Watching it that game Anyway, there we go Yeah, listen uh, Thank you for all the replies We now know McGeoch's goal Was against St Mirren mm. So we can And we Paul can Hartley gets it Simple mistake Oh one four one nine. F- you don't you It was a good goal don't anyway get away with mistakes on here Well one four one nine five one one zero two five. John's a Celtic fan on the line Hi John Hi Gordon Mark and the legend How are you? Hi John John uh, Mark, you come on uh, The show at the beginning there and Obviously asked uh, you know, this short window, it's, it's really important for Celtic and Rangers. Um, obviously, as a Celtic fan, I'm, uh, I'm really, you know, I'm hoping for big things off of Celtic, obviously, because of uh, the bumper that we had uh, Rangers. Um, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, the Rangers fans are going, yeah, they're feeling confident, and I, I, I don't blame them, and it sounds good for Scottish football. 
but it would be atomic if they won the title. I don't think that will happen. Um, I think uh, Brendan Rodgers and the staff will be uh, doing their homework that they should have done, obviously, at the beginning of the season. Uh, we've suffered some uh, punishments. Uh, obviously, uh, three weeks ago was one of them. But uh, business-wise, guys, uh, and I don't know what you think about it as well, Legend, where you know, you've mentioned the disco lights that we have at cost. No, the rumours at four million pound. I actually thought in the beginning, I thought, I thought, all right, if we're going to have rock concerts, you know, superb, we'll make money that way. But what rocks really is when Celtic win titles, and if Celtic are not going to use their lights that they spent four million pound on having them concerts, then I think that was a waste of money. They should have concentrated on what's on the park because, as I said, that rocks. Uh, well, yeah, that's a lot of rocking um, Gordon DL, I, I think the reason the question's been sent to you Is because you've clearly seen quite a few disco lights in your time I yeah. think that's the Yeah, and I certainly rocked a few times um, but, but John's uh, John's right he's, um, he's obviously concerned, I think That there are a title race on And it'll be interesting uh, Mark's had 21 days still to go uh, I would imagine that Celtic will Splash some of the cash that they've got um, And strengthen even further um, Whether Rangers do or not I don't know But uh, I certainly think Celtic will And it's all about the new signings coming in And hitting the ground running Getting getting in there quickly We don't know what Celtic are bringing to the table Because there's a couple of lads coming in there Bio and Weir That we don't know a lot about Oliver Burt's been about the well, scene I think Weir certainly is more yeah, well known Everyone yeah, knows yeah. that The well, family They know that PSG yeah, have given him an extended deal He's played in the UEFA Youth League and so on So My, he's... my, my point is Gordon I don't see him week in week out <laughs> I've not seen him for a long time The lad And you look at Oliver Burke as well uh, Not really hitting off at West Brom Big transfer deals that he's been involved in So it's big time for him We all touch on Davis Devoe coming in with the, the experience that they've got But they've still got to come in and do it on the, the pitch I just think we're in for such an exciting end of the season And uh, if if they win it then John will be happy Rocking to the disco lights at Celtic Park And Mark it looks like Celtic are going to dabble in the American market Reports coming out of America that they've done a deal uh, For Andrew Gutman This is a, a Gutman That's the guy who was on had been training with Rangers yeah, um, yeah. It looks like he's he's going to Secure a deal uh, With Celtic I think he's a left back um, Also Manny Perez Was the one who was on loan Previously um, On trial I should say Previously yeah. um, It looks like something Could still happen there as well So I mean clearly Still lots to be done Yeah In terms of the left back That, that was an interesting one Because I was reading reports That there may be more concern over Kieran Tierney's injury than than first thought. Yeah, I think they're still awaiting to see if he needs surgery. Is that, yeah, that's the latest. And that's it's quite a, a lengthy time. You know, when you take it back to the 29th where he sat out on the bench, obviously because his hip was boring him till now, and they still don't know whether he needs surgery, you just wonder how long is he going to be out for. So I think it was an important bit of business <coughs> to try and get a life back in now. This guy that's coming in is is practically unknown um, as well, so it's kind of hard to put on a uh, you know on a value or whatever term to to how he's going to do in this league. But it was definitely a position that needs filled. I still think I'm still adamant that Emilio Azegri can do a, a good job for Celtic. I still think he's he's got enough in the tank. But 
if he gets injured Then there's nobody else To play there So that was important And listen it's, What is also important That we give you credit Where credit's due Because Thomas Ronya Was also set <laughs> off Yes, yes. yes. Redemption He's yes. absolutely delighted Look at yeah. him <laughs> I, I believe there. in myself All along I was there I was there Ah uh, uh, yes Happy uh, Chris Blade says The Celtic disco lights Are for the rugby final And holding that event Is paying for them You're not, ha- you're not happy With these disco lights John Guys Four million, John, honest, I think. To be honest, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a sort of thing that uh, we've got something you have no got sort of thing. Like, you know, I mean, uh, I like Celtic to have a business head on on them. Obviously, I like to hear uh, Celtic uh, making money, but obviously spending what they make. But uh, I don't know. I, still, guys, can I totally change the subject? If you make totally it quick, yes. And just say, see, Mark... See the young players that we've signed. Yeah, I think that's that's positive because I think that's where uh, Scottish football went wrong uh, through the years, man. Is the fact that we didn't back our young players and we go uh, foreign players in, spent a lot of money, and that's what broke us. Uh, I know a lot of things broke us, and uh, but he's good. Guys well. I think it's brilliant that we're bringing through uh, young players and. Uh, Making players of them Because we were famous Are doing it Yeah that form But I think he's talking more about Age and buying potential Essentially Oh well It's the Celtic formula It's worked in years gone by But There's been There's been a few failures as well Along the way So That's how it's hard to To judge these players just now I mean I'm reading People saying It's fantastic signings Unbelievable Potentially Yes because they're young But We don't really know much about them So that's why I was saying at the start of the show, I can't wait, and Gordon touched on it, I can't wait till the teams get back and we actually see these guys in action in our league, what we know, and then we can judge them. But in terms of age and in terms of what Celtic have done in the past with moving things on, yep, they look fantastic on paper that way. Uh, thank you to John on the line. It's 01419511025 to join him. Remember, we are uh, asking about your, your heaviest ever defeats as well, just to keep us ticking along nicely after Man City's last night. Uh, Alison Conroy, your colleague, has been in touch because she's a Forfar fan. We know that. Oh, she's been whipped a few times. Rangers Hunters 6 0 in the Scottish Cup in 2002, and then 6 0 in the League Cup. At Ibrooks in 2003 There we go that Happens to us all I wasn't a surprise for her sure. yeah. She wasn't a turning <laughs> up thing We were going to be upset Yeah I didn't be there in six <laughs> uh, Rab is a Kilmarnock fan on the line Let's try and squeeze this one in Hi Rab How you doing guys Happy New Year to you Same to you Rab Yeah you Rab Okay Jordan Jones Right All the Kilmarnock fans knew he was going to Rangers Everybody knew The whole place was talking about it for Months and months and months The problem the Kilmarnock fans has Is how this was done and literally on the very day we were talk- we were celebrating our 150th anniversary, there was lots of celebrations on going on the Kilmarnock or in the club and that. But all the media, everywhere, newspapers, all the talk about Jordan Jones going to Rangers, it completely overshadowed everything that we we've been working for so long for, and that's what got the Kilmarnock fans. We all knew he was going to Rangers. Yeah, fair enough. Fans go there, go. But it's just how this was done you That's under- our main problem You understand that point Because I'll admit I'll tell you I was driving to the show on Saturday And as always in my head right, What we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. and, and, and so on And thinking oh, I saw it was Kilmarnock's 150th birthday mm-hmm. I'm going to bring mm-hmm. that up at some Happy point and, 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 and Rab is He's right in the sense That mid-afternoon Along came the Jordan Jones news Then came the tweets And all of a sudden I mean mm-hmm. I, I use myself as an example That it, it did overshadow it Whether that I mean these things do happen But 
you understand yeah. where Robin and his fellow you fans can, are coming uh, from? You can. Um, I think here in Glasgow, you're Celtic and Rangers. Can, can you, if, if, as Rab said, that but, everybody knew he was going to Rangers? Oh, no, no, I don't know that about that. Much that a but uh, us in Glasgow, you know, Celtic Rangers fans, you know, I don't really care that much for other clubs, but Rab. Kilmarnock fan 150th thing It's a big thing So you can understand Why it's a big deal For the club um, So I can understand What he's saying um, Maybe a day later Or a day before <laughs> Coming out You know May have been better timing uh, And go back to the tweet Well that was just You know A silly thing For Jordan Jones to do But you can understand Supporters Supporters You know Cherish milestones Like this in their club's History So you can understand them losing their top player and the guy that's kind of fired them or helped fire them up to within touching distances leaving. It's a sore one when he I, rubs it in. I think, in my opinion, I know that people are so loyal to their club. I could, I, I can understand Rab's uh, argument if it was a well-kept secret. But as Rab touched on, everybody knew. So mm. come out on the Saturday and it happened to be in their 150th birthday. Are you seriously going to worry about that? Sorry, Rob, we don't have much time to get your reply on that one. We're already late for the travel, but I'm loving these memories of your heaviest defeats. Uh, Stuart McDougall says, Rangers 10, Wraith Rovers 2, 1967. Don't worry, that wasn't your fault. Uh, I won a match ball from the programme number and picked it up after the game. Was so happy till I got back to the bus, but it was held up for 25 minutes. There we go. Nice wee story, that one. We're going to have, uh, we're going to hear from Neil Lennon on his pursuit of Lewis Morgan after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Mark Wilson are here. They're waiting on your calls. So get in touch and send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Remember, after seven, it's Juniors Night. We're shining the spotlight on junior football and we're. Very keen for you to get involved Give us all your memories Your experiences Your stories Maybe you're a big junior football fan You go every week And you want to tell us About what we're missing out on That's what you can do After 7 o'clock We're also asking for your Biggest ever defeats That you've seen Inflicted on your team After Man City last night uh, Darren says Biggest defeat I've seen Inverness Cali 7 Air United 3 Oh yes <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> that sounds... Darren Oh the... yes go Keep going Darren who, Keep was going. The... who was the air manager That day Darren Who was day, the In the dugout <laughs> Do you know I, I, I seven three seven and against Inverness? As yeah, well. I remember going to Inverness three 0 up at half time to beat four three. I could not, could not buy a result. I could have went with the Brazilian World Cup winning side to Inverness. That would be some trip. But my de- my defence, we used to batter them shocking. left, right, and centre. Somerset. It was the only place I couldn't win. Do you think this is the moment, Mark? Is this the moment we reveal where Gordon DL has been sent to on Saturday for this <laughs> no, for this show? It's got to be. Give no. it a big build up Drum roll <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Announce it to the nation Well I'm looking forward to an absolute classic Two of my old clubs um, So I'm going to Airdrie V Wraith Rovers It's at Airdrie Yes What he's, type he's of reception well, He's well off there Gordon He's well, well off. I, I've got to say Gordon um, Fans had a lot a good things to say about him when I was in the touchline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a lot, a lot of support from. To be from to be to be fair, we took over a difficult time, and and people that are at the club, and there are a lot of good people at the club. They'll realise uh, the job that we achieved. To be yeah. fair, the Wraith Rovers fans will jump to your defence. They still like you, I assume. Oh, they give me some stick as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, no, an, there's an obvious joke in there about him getting lost on his way to Airdrie. Isn't it? Uh, ah, the Kubi. Dumban was a nightmare. I'm never going back there. Well, that's not what I meant. I'm talking about 
Because you don't have that familiarity exactly. Of having gone Aye. there too often Oh is that what you're talking Aye, about? Brilliant Gordon 01419511025 But they've been there with the one the league Neil <laughs> <laughs> He's always got to get the last word in He was raging <laughs> I'll just turn his mic off Neil Lennon says Lewis Morgan is a player he'd like to see at Easter Road In the second half of the season The Hibs head coach says he's been forced to change his plans Because of Martin Boyle's injury um, But admits he's not quite yet spoken to Brendan Rodgers about it It just means we have to bring another one in uh, Yeah, it's a huge blow Because Martin's been fantastic for me In the two and a half years I've been here And uh, a real blow in terms for his international career as well because obviously he would have been out here playing for Australia. But for the second half of the season to lose a player as potent as him, you know, it does it does change, not change the way we want to think, but um, it certainly will have to adapt a little bit to his loss. You've been linked with a loan move for Lewis Morgan. Is that viable? Have you spoken to Brendan Rodgers about that? No, I haven't spoken to Brendan on anyone yet. And, um, you know, Lewis is a player that I'm sure there'll be a lot of clubs interested, but certainly the type of player that, you know, we would... Uh, welcome here um, and I think Brendan touched on earlier that the long move for Ryan Christie did him the world agreed and I think he's looking more the same for Lewis I, I agree with that Ryan Christie um, obviously has benefited from going to Aberdeen for that spell came back a better player stronger player more experienced and I think with Lewis Morgan it was always going to be difficult for him to break into the, the side we've seen moments from him that looks promising but I think to play first team football is what he needs at this level. I think Hibs is a perfect fit, you know, especially when I'm losing a winger. Um, I think Hibs are far enough away from that group of teams at the top of the league not to be a threat in any way to Celtic. So I think it would be a, a good move for all concerned. Brendan Rodgers would get a player out, you know, out playing. Lewis Morgan would get some game time. And Hibs need a creative player, uh, as I said, having lost Martin Boyle uh, this week. Yeah, I think Lewis Morgan. Um... He's a terrific talent, but you've got to play, Gordon. Especially this, the the young age he's at. He's he's going to Celtic and his big move. Celtic have brought in forward players, which puts them down the pecking order a little bit. And I think uh, Mark's right. I think you look at the the Ryan Christie situation, and I think you'll take a lot of uh, confidence from that to go out and say, right, I'll go out here, get a lot of game time under my belt, which you will do at Hibs, and I think he'll be a good signing for Neil Lennon, and then come back. And try and get yourself cemented in the Celtics first team uh, Anthony Neal's on Twitter He says if Lewis Morgan is to go on loan I'd prefer he went down south There was talk of him going to Sunderland And if he did go down south At least he'd get protection from officials You don't always get up here Well funny you should say that Because we've been speaking to Jack Ross The Sunderland manager You can hear that interview on tomorrow's programme And he actually addresses both of those points Would you believe So stay tuned for that Laurie is in Denison He's a Celtic fan Laurie is, it, is the time right for Lewis Morgan to go and try and get some football? Well, I, I want to be opposed to that. I don't think I'll do him any harm, such as it never done Ryan Christie any harm to spend a couple of seasons at Aberdeen. We've got plenty of competition in uh, wide areas anyway. Uh, the main reason I'd phone this evening, I'm looking forward uh, very much to the second half of the season. Naturally, Rangers fans are talking up their title chances. You know, that result against us just before the new year saw the end of a famine of near-biblical proportions uh, for them. Uh, so you can understand uh, why they're excited. And I also relish the challenge. Uh, we've got three weeks remaining in the transfer window. I'm quite pleased about the signing Celtic have made. Obviously, they're linked to beef up their forward, uh, our forward line. Three young players. They fit into the Celtic strategy. Young guys that hopefully Brendan Rodgers uh, can uh, develop. 
uh, and cultivate. None of them, of course, are the finished article, uh, but they all have promise and potential. I know that much has been made about the two major signings that Rangers have made, Steve Davis uh, and Jermaine Defoe. Uh, however, I, I'd have been more concerned uh, about the, those two uh, had they been signed five or ten years ago. They have a combined age of 70. Uh, and I would put it to the panel, uh, they're well the seasoned veterans. That combined age to me, uh, more suitable perhaps if there were a Domino's partnership uh, approaching middle <laughs> age uh, than uh, strutting their stuff uh, on the park. You Before uh, the panel responds, there are three weeks to go in the transfer window. I'd like to think that now having got the business of getting forwards in, we can hopefully get a couple of defenders in. The panel's thoughts. Tell you what, I'm a bit worried if that's Laurie's age range for for Domino's teams because I'll I'll be fast oh. approaching Mark Wilson. You're you're right there. Maybe <laughs> we have a combined one cap between us and here. Mere good. Is that maybe a bit a bit harsh? Do you think? Or? Yeah, I think it's very harsh. And Laurie, I think the nowadays players look after themselves so well. Gordon, you just need to look at guys like Kenny Miller, people like that. Defoe looks in terrific shape. Davis is in. You know, and plus the fact, what you cannot buy in any walk of life is experience. And I think that um, the experience will help. I think it'll help round about the training ground. I think it'll help in the dressing room as well. Um, so I don't buy into this about, you know, I think it's a wee bit tongue-in-cheek from our laureate there, but um, he's a Celtic man and he's hoping his team do well. I suppose there has to be a bit of realism, Mark Wilson, know how much we we love the game up here but you have to be realistic Rangers don't they don't get Jermaine Defoe in his prime that's that's the whole point of course yeah yeah you have to wait till there's a certain stage of their career to attract a player yeah who played it at that level yeah well he's he's not on you know astronomical amount of money for nothing you know that's because he's he's did it all through his career in England you're totally right Scotland that's what we have to deal with you know we either have to buy young players and move them on for vast sums of money or we get players at the tail end of the career. But you have to be very careful who you pick um, at the tail end of their career. There's loads of players that have carried many injuries and they come here for their last one song and think it's going to be easy. And it's not... I look at Defoe and Davis as slightly different. Uh, I look at those guys as fit guys ready to play and who have got a number of years, not just this six months with Rangers... But a number of years left in them They look fit lads um, In terms of Laurie's other point About you know sorting out the Celtic front line It looks like it's it's very much been done um, You know I'm a similar opinion to him I wonder if Brendan Rodgers will now turn to the back line Because already a left back's been signed But he's an unknown quantity again The right back situation Has been rumbling on for probably About the best part of a, a year and a half now um, So if the guys behind the scene haven't done their homework in that, I'd be very surprised. And also the centre half situation, Dedrick Boyata, what's going on there? You wonder if Brendan Rogers might just gamble with another centre half. Thank you to Laurie on the lines on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Emma is an Airdrie fan and she oh. says, Tell Gordon not to worry. Not because they like you, but because they don't like anyone, she says. So there Th- you go. Thank you very You're much. You're just one Emma. of many, right? Yeah, thank you. I think it's time for this. Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. 
Really looking forward to the second hour of tonight's show Junior Night on Super Scoreboard There must be so many stories out there from you Experiences of junior football Memories, things that have impressed you Things that have uh, made you laugh There must be a whole host of tales for you to share But before we do that, it's time for Beat the Pundit So if you want to take on Mark or Gordon And who wouldn't, now is your chance 01419511025 Do it quick, you only have until the news at 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here and in the second hour from now until 8 o'clock it's all about the juniors. We always get comments, emails, tweets, phone calls saying we should talk more about junior football. It means a lot to people in this part of the world. Uh, so... Let's do it And let's hear from you Let's hear all your stories Your experiences Anything at all You want to share 01419511025 uh, We're going to be joined By a few experts Along the way as well Let's do this then first Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday Beat the pundit time Mark and Gordon already One of them is taking on David A St Mirren fan From Bishopton Fancy your chances David um, I wouldn't say that I've, I've been on before And I get beat with Dazzler So Oof. I'm looking for revenge That is not a good place to be I must admit <laughs> that, That's not one for the CV I must admit nah, But he's undefeated this year Is he not? Ah, he keeps banging on about <laughs> 10 days in We'll see how long it lasts Heads you're going to be up against Mark Tails is Gordon and it is Tails Gordon up against David Go Round on, two David. The a sequel rematch. A rematch. I hope you want to make it one each mate. Uh, Let's give Gordon some Clyde <laughs> too So that he can't hear us And get the clock ready David you know the drill 30 seconds head to head You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Yep Which team has won the most Junior Scottish Cup finals? Walking like Talbot Who have them firmly appointed As their new head coach? Stevie Crawford Former Celtic defender Eric Fiachenko Now plays in which country? Uh, Slovakia uh, Former Ross County defender Andrew Davis has joined Which Scottish club? Indeed. Which famous Scottish warrior Is junior team Kirk and Tillett Named after? Uh, Rob Roy Who does Robbie Nielsen manage? Indeed, Who did Shota Avaladze Play for immediately Before joining Rangers? Aye, aye. How many different spells Did Ch- Charlie have At Partick Thistle As a player? Three Okay are you with us? <laughs> what are you laughing at? He's gone, he's brilliant, he's brilliant He was? Right, okay, go on, go on Right, same set of questions to you, are you ready? Right. right, okay, let's get the clock up and running Your time starts now Which team has won the most Junior Scottish Cup finals? Hawking Lake Who have Dunfermline appointed as head coach? Stephen Crawford Former Celtic defender Eric Sviachenko now plays in which country? Sweden Former Ross County defender Andrew Davis has joined which Scottish club? Party. Which famous Scottish warrior Is the junior team Kirk and Tillett Named after Rob Roy Who did Robbie Nielsen manage Dundee United Who did Shota Avaladze Play for immediately Before joining Rangers No idea How many different spells Did Chick Charnley have At Partick Thistle As a player Three Why were you answering Like that It was so off putting <laughs> Slow down Right Is it not about Getting in answers just quick Aye, but I mean There's a way of doing it Before you sound a bit Surely I've done John Surely he's a way well, It's David for a start oh, David, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe he's a way Having a beer with John David no, no, you, still here. How do you think it went um, It's going to be tight I think Oh no David I think you've got a chance Let's I go know. through uh, Which team has won The most Scottish Junior Cups It is Auchinleck You both get that right One all Who have them firmly appointed As head coach Stevie Crawford Two Former one. teammate of yours? 2-1, yeah Both got that right No! 2 all. Former Celtic def- defender Eric Sviachenko now plays in which country? What is it? Denmark 
Denmark. Um, I was close. No, you weren't. Former Ross County defender Andrew Davis oh, has joined idea. Dundee. David got no! that right. And you did not. So David takes a one-goal lead, if you like. Which famous Scottish warrior is junior team Kirk and Tillich named after? It's Rob Roy. So David is still one in front. He's still one in front no. because Dundee United manager is Robbie Nielsen. Who did Shota Avaladze play for immediately join, before joining Rangers? Can you remember? No. It was Ajax. So it was. David knew it. So he goes to I'm beat. I'm beat. <laughs> and how many different spells did Chick Charlie have at Partick Thistle as a player? You both said three. It was four, and it didn't matter. You have been well and truly dealt with by David in Bishopton. He beat you by two. What was your score? Uh, one, two, three, six, four, 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 six, four. Six, four. Oh, that's Dave. gone, and that's one each, mate. Well done, David. Cheers, pal. Thank you, David. The signed ball is on its way. I'm gutted. Let me tell you. What? What? He, he, how long has he been banging on that he's unbeaten this year? And it's lasted ten I've days. I've only lost one. That's ten days. Only one. Honestly, I tell you what. Four. I can't believe Ajax. See, now when the mar, they've been six five. Yeah, exactly. that'd have been a Mark Wilson story. Believe it. Right, okie doke uh, Mark Wilson and Gordon DL Are still here with us uh, Pleased to say we're now joined in the studio By Scott Campbell Who is our junior football expert How many how many years have you been covering The junior game for newspapers Around the place, Scott? Oh, it must have up for 30 years now uh, Gordon, yeah, started out with the, the Cumberland Chronicles just after leaving college And moved on to the Air Advertiser And then up to the, the Sun after that There we go, Scott clearly knows his stuff He knows more about Mark Wilson and Gordon DL About the junior game, that is an absolute certainty uh, So he is here to keep us all right 01419511025 Any thoughts, memories, experiences of the junior game We'll have them all, tell us about your team Maybe you're involved, how are they doing this season Any funny moments, we know there's always a bit of Madness out there I'm sure you've got Some nice tales for us Share them all We're on the phones And we are on Twitter At Clyde SSB Scott You clearly dedicate A lot of your time to this How would you rate The the health of the junior game In Scotland at the moment Yeah I think it's In, in good health at the moment Obviously There's a lot of debate Going on Not just about the juniors About the whole non-league scene In Scotland mm. at the moment And where the, the juniors Fit into them There's a bit of a I suppose a kind of realignment There's just The juniors are trying to find What their, their position is They're talking about them Going into the pyramid uh, discussions are going on at the moment sort of thing uh, to see where they're going to slot in uh, it looks like they will finally become part of the pyramid uh, after a bit of, sort of to and fro in um, but I think uh, once if those discussions go through and the, and the juniors become part of the pyramid that's only going to make them stronger and make the, mm. the pyramid stronger that's maybe a discussion for, for a, a bit later or another time but specifically at the moment then as it stands just for anyone who doesn't know how's it structured at the moment? At the moment, there's three regions in the juniors, uh, geographical, the west, the east and the, the north. The, the west covers pretty much Glasgow, Ayrshire, Renfrewshire and Bartonshire, that area. Um, the east goes towards the kind of Lothians and, and Fife and then uh, and Tayside. And the north is kind of pretty much north of Tayside, Aberdeen mm. and, and the northeast. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming all these leagues are, are competitive as always. You just heard beat the pundit there We know Auchinleck have won the most Scottish Cups We're hopefully going to speak to the Auchinleck manager very soon indeed They've got a huge Scottish Cup game coming up soon um, who, who, are, who are the dominant sides? Who are, who are the, the, the best sides at the moment? Well it's, it's, it's hard to, to look past the, the kind of usual suspects Auchinleck are always going to be there or thereabouts sort of thing. They won the, the, Cup, the Scottish Cup again last season sort of thing and they didn't win the league. Uh, Beath just sort of picked them to the league on the, the last day, so Beath are, uh, are in the mix. And Hurlford uh, as well have had a great start to this season, so they look like they'll be they'll certainly be in contention again for the, one of the major runners. And who's the who's the who are the top players? And that for people who maybe haven't heard, because I know the junior ranks I'm assuming is made up of guys who have played at a high level before, and are maybe on the way back down, or you know younger guys. So who, who would be the 
the ones to watch in the junior ranks at the moment. Yeah, you're right there. It's, it's a mix of guys that maybe had their, their time at the junior, or the seniors, and come drop back down. For for a lot of these guys, it, it suits them better to play juniors in terms of working in with their work and family commitments, stuff like that. Um, uh, but it's like so if you're thinking about Auckland Light, they've got a couple of brothers here, Graham and Stephen Wilson. They're always very sort of. Um, uh, key to their sort of their, any chance they've got. The Stephen plays in midfield, Green plays up front, sort of thing. So, um, they're always big players. Somebody else that's caught the eye recently is Jordan Longmuir, the goalkeeper at Pollock. Who I think he's some, saved something like his last four penalties in a row. So he's in a bit of a, a run just now. If he can keep up that form, he, they'll certainly be in the mix. Decent uh, record, yeah. that. Eh? I, rem- I remember years ago, and um, when Ronnie McDonald and Alan Maitland were at Clyde, they they were the first guys to take all the junior boys into the seniors, and they were questioned. What these guys doing And they were very successful A lot of good players In the junior leagues Former Glen Afton manager Joins us in the studio yeah, Of course a, a long time ago Gordon And um, I really enjoyed My, my time there uh, The junior people Are completely different um, They're so Dedicated And they do it For no money at all They just love their clubs And Especially down here, sir, when you go to different grounds like Auckland Lakes and the Beaths and, and Hurlfords and all that, it's, it's incredible. Um, Irvine Meadow at that time was spending a lot of money. Um, they had players on more money at junior level than what the professionals were on uh, in the lower leagues. What is it that's so good about it, Scott? What, why are, are people taken in by it, addicted to it, so committed to helping? Because it, it seems that it's just got that... It's just that, that that rawness. Is that what it is? Just that that real feeling that you can be so close to the to the club and the action. Yeah, I think that's certainly part of it. I think there's obviously it's a bit. A lot of it's to do with a, a local appeal. Um, a lot of the junior teams come from sort of smaller villages or sort of smaller uh, areas of, of the bigger cities, and it's a very much a, a community feel behind a lot of them, sort of thing. And I think that's why generations of fans have, have stuck with their, their junior team rather than maybe going to to watch the the, the nearest senior team. Now remember, you can share anything you want with regards to junior football tonight. 01419511025. We're going to take a look at the impact junior football can have in the local community. Um, we're going to hear from some pros that have played at that level as well. On Twitter, remember all your thoughts. And uh, Christopher Dodd says, two keepers sent off in seven minutes for the same team. Um, for Talbot's comeback against Hurlford, I think he says, in this, the Junior Cup final. Two of the best things I've seen. Oh, no, sorry. They're two separate issues. Two, se- two keepers sent off in seven minutes for the same team, or Talbot's comeback to beat Hurlford in the Scottish Cup. Uh, two of the best things I've seen in the juniors. And it's got, I, I guess it must be full of these, these wee moments. I remember there was one on the show a couple of years ago. Goalkeeper was sent off for. Peeing behind the goal Shettleston was it I always remember that On a Saturday afternoon If you got to go You got to go you, I mean, you, You've seen it all Anything that stands out In terms of the madness There's been plenty Sort of thing I don't know if Too many can mention it This time of year <laughs> This time of night Sort of thing But there's always Something happening With the juniors That's the thing It's A lot of people go there Because uh, it's great value For, for money you, you, Especially these days With the, the money You have to pay To go to see senior football A lot of people See the juniors As much better value And quite often I, f- I feel that's the case uh, Scott's keeping his cards close to his chest on that one So you can tell us about the maddest thing you've ever seen uh, At the junior football level 01419511025 uh, Ruri is in Fife Hi Ruri Hi mate, how we doing? Not too bad at all, how are you? I don't know, mate uh, First time caller, listen to you guys all the time uh, When I'm out and about in the car So, so it's the juniors that's hooked you in tonight? Yeah, well, I mean I'm a, I'm a very avid follower of junior and, and non-league football um, I've been involved with it for Numerous years, I'm actually a volunteer up at uh, Kelty Hearts, uh, which is my local team. Um, and I must say, I mean, the junior and non-league fixtures and 
the kind of following at the moment is growing arms and legs. It's it's amazing at the moment. Um, I mean, you've got the likes of uh, Barry Ferguson coming down to non-league, and he didn't see that as a as a drop. He's seen that as a, as a challenge. And I mean, we're talking a guy who's been captain of country of of Rangers. He's went down to Blackpool, and he's been manager over at Clyde. And to be honest with you, I mean, we're bringing in great names like that into the the non-league and the juniors, and it's it's promising. I mean, we're looking at uh, you know professional football. We're we're looking at uh, you know thirty twenty pound a ticket to go away and watch um, for ninety minutes. Whereas you can come down to the non-league and see great football, great results for oh, ten pounds. And you know the value for money in non-league and junior football is unreal just now. I mean, my my local team, Kelty Hearts, we had a a free free thriller, uh, two late minute goals over at Falkirk Stadium on Saturday and you just can't escape the greatness of football away from grassroots and non-league and junior football I've watched Lahore Welfare uh, your Bonnie Riggs your Hello Beef Hawthorns um, the the old defunct Blingery Rovers I mean I've watched them for many many years since I was a wee boy I'm now in my mid-twenties and I've watched them since growing up and to be honest with you I value that football at grassroots getting involved with it more than the pro, the pro game The top league tiers uh, Rudy there was a lot of hype Understandably when, when Barry Ferguson Took that role How's it going so far? You know what It's it's great I mean He doesn't Barry is, is just one of the guys Basically He's come in He's not Overstepped the mark He's come in And he's wanting to put a stamp on On Kelty Hearts overall Which is great But He's an approachable character And that brings a sense of community To a small Community club like Kelsey Hearts, and it's just it's gobsmacking to say the least. I mean, we have brought in players who have had SPFL uh, kind of recognition. We've brought in players who have been with Dunfermline, Stephen Husband. He's been with us for numerous years. We've just signed Chris Dodds, who had a lot of interest from uh, League One and League Two clubs, and we're we're basically we're battling these teams, teams that want to sign players, and instead they. They're, they're opting to go into a challenge like Kelty Hearts. It's, if anyone hasn't been to non-league football, get onto the Lowland or the Highland League, go onto your junior websites, have a look at your local fixtures, and you know what, for a couple of pounds, and above all, for a couple of pounds, go and watch 90 minutes of raw football where you will see a lot of mm. talent. And to be honest with you, I don't know why more and more clubs aren't looking at the non-league fixtures and the players that play within the team's and why they're not bringing them up because we've got a lot of very, very, very talented footballers throughout the non-league. Yeah, teams. Scott. Let, let me ask Scott then: is that is that the niche that junior football has enjoyed over the years, and perhaps has to continue to enjoy? Is that as as professional as as top level football tickets get more and more expensive? Is there still that that value there? Is is that is that the appeal? Yeah, that's certainly a big sort of draw. I think a lot of people point to the fact that you can go to a junior game and say, maybe be a tenor, that gets you gets you into the game, gets you a, a programme, gets you a, a pie and a, a half-time draw and stuff like that. And I mean, you're not going to get anything like that in the senior game and that's that's a, a big appeal of the, the juniors in the non-league game in general. What was your junior team growing up, Mark? Did you have one? Did you ever make it along? Yeah, uh, yeah, Bayless and Juniors. Bayless, Bayless and Juniors, sure, yeah. Woods, isn't it? Yep, yeah. sneaked in a few times, didn't pay the couple of pounds that people... <laughs> <laughs> Sneaked in under yeah, the fence, no, me and my mate. Well, but Bayless and Juniors was one of the teams that faded away. I think two thousand, no, two thousand four, five, maybe. Yeah, they, they ceased away. to exist. 
Which was a shame And now Looking at it There's a big house in the state On the park where They used to play But great times gone down there and Because you, we can afford to go And really pay tickets For the big games And, ten, and tonight Obviously first question Who won the most unlucky I could beat 6-4 off Dave <laughs> So he's a bit lucky But he's The guy's about, name wasn't Dave was it? Yeah It was, it was Dave, Dave yeah. Sorry it was John the first time yeah, round, but it was right. Dave. But you look at the junior, all can like the Air United in the mm. Scottish Cup, Gordon. Well, we're going to get to that because, oh. as I say, we're hoping to speak to the Auchinleck manager very soon. Uh, indeed, keep sharing all your memories. There is also um, a number of players in our top flight at the moment who made their name or carved out their trade in, in the juniors. A couple of Hamilton's current squad started in junior football. Darian McKinnon, he actually moved... To Aki's from Clydebank Dougie Emery played for previously for Lanark United as well um, They are both the captains of Hamilton Aki's As we yeah. found out on a previous episode of Beat the Pundit um, So clearly playing at a decent level We've been speaking to them about their experiences of the juniors Clydebank, yeah, obviously the juniors I started off amateur obviously Then I moved to Clydebank I was meant to sign with Dumbarton before I went to Clydebank But they, they pulled out the deal, thankfully And then I got to Clydebank Then I got to here Many moons ago, playing for Lanark United in the juniors. Some great memories, um, won a few cups as well. Um, so it was good to win things. And for me, it's probably got me where I am today with the, the rough and tumble of the, the junior game. The cup finals we won at Claybank and the promotions and stuff, um, they're the ones that uh, stand out because there's a reward for all your hard work. I can always remember my first game, it was at Kosai Rangers. Um, we lost the game 1-0, um, but it was it was something that I'll always remember because I was playing against guys twice my age at that time because I was only 17. Um, Getting into, into the junior game And um, like I said It was a lot different to the way the game is now um, Tackles that you would Get a yellow card for or a red card Now were, were, never, thought, were never thought of then It was just play on um, But that's how, how much the game's changed But for me, uh, looking back in the days It was, it was a, a great uh, learning curve for me At the time I was there The top teams would give any league one and league two a game Obviously I'm not there now But at the time I was there He had Pollock, Irvin Meadow, Auchin Lake All these teams that was Right good teams that just didn't want to go senior Because of the cost involved Probably in the first month it was a, a real learning curve for me Because you got to learn quick you got to be streetwise uh, Because like I say in the junior game back, Way back then Like I say tackles were just flying in left, right and centre So you had to be on your toes And you had to, to learn really quickly And for me at a very young age of, of 17 To go into that kind of environment it was, it was tough But I really enjoyed my time there I was there for four years before I went to Clyde but for me it was a, a good learning curve and I think for myself it's, it set me up um, in the career I've had in the, in the professional game Scott going back over history in Scottish football the list of players who cut their teeth at junior football and went on to have great careers is, is endless it's clearly doesn't happen as much now for various reasons that we could go into um, do, do you still think it, it can happen you're listening to guys like Darren McKinnon who went from Clydebank to Hamilton he's in our top flight and he's, he's Hamilton's captain yeah, certainly. To what maybe towards the lower le- levels of the, the the senior game, as as quite often you you still get a lot of players that are farmed out to the junior clubs, uh, uh, non-league clubs to get them experience and maybe toughen them up sort of thing. You maybe I don't think you'll get it with the, the top flight clubs. They're maybe a little bit more wary about mm. farming the, the young players out to to these. Sort of I mean, there are a couple of others in the top flight, aren't there? At Livingston, uh, remind me of the name Scott Pittman. Scott Pittman. Yeah, I came through uh, from Bonus. Yeah, yeah, he did really well there, and I stepped up to to the seniors. Mm. I mean, back in your day, Gordon, that would have been mm. commonplace, I'm sure. Yeah, Benburb was uh, the junior team that um, Rangers used to put their players out to. I was so delighted when I wasn't picked. Obviously, I was round about the first team squad at sixteen, uh, but the rest of the boys, <laughs> the rest of the boys used to go and get toughened up. Um, but it was it was a great learning ground, and um, the juniors then, and there's a lot of good players in them. Gordon, 
I, I, I just one example I come up with there, and guys that support Rangers remember Bobby Russell, who won trebles with Rangers and won a fantastic footballer, won about nine, ten medals with mm. him. He was actually signed from Shettleson Now don't worry We're still getting the full time teaser up and running But keep the memories coming I've got so many to read out on Twitter Really enjoying your contribution And we're going to speak to the guys at St Rocks And take a look at the impact of junior football In our local communities That's coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com It's junior night on Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're asking you for all your experiences Memories, anything else you've got associated with junior football Share it on the phone Or on Twitter at Clyde SSB So many coming in What a response we've had to this one Uh, We've got Scott Campbell Our junior football expert in the studio with us Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here Uh, We've got a few more guests lined up on the phones and so on as well so let's rattle through this Let's get the full time teaser up and running Dylan has sent this one And name the 11 men And Gordon please listen carefully I'm I listening. cannot be bothered repeating this Right okay 11 men Yeah Who previously managed in the English Premier League You know what that means? They yeah. no longer right, manage in yeah. the English Premier League, English Premier League. Uh, But have at some point Managed a European national side Not UK or Ireland by the way so name the 11 men who previously managed in the English Premier League and have, at some point, managed a non-UK or Ireland European national side. They may well still manage that national side, by the way. I think He was only a caretaker manager in the English Premier oh, League and therefore does not count. No. Watch me. You're joking me. Dylan makes up the rules. Conte. The that... Yes. Yes, brilliant. Yes, Chelsea and Italy. Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, hold on. Mourinho's never um, Anything else Daz I was hoping I for a bit oh, more I, don't, I, know, I, don't, I know I'm hoping for a bit more myself But I'm still in shock At getting beat tonight Quickly Give me a minute Give me a minute Scott anything That springs to mind He's shaking his head Right okay uh, On Twitter Loads of memories coming in Nicola Brown's enjoying it She's loving that Beath have had a few mentions already Hamish says Hibs v Irvin Meda Was an amazing day out 3,000 Meda fans went He says So there we go uh, Lots of your, your thoughts Coming in on Twitter uh, Let's speak to Andy Who's on the line Andy is from St Rocks a, a, a junior club Not too far from here Of course Andy How are you? I'm fine Gordon How's things? Yeah not too bad at all Andy Now I said before the break I wanted to Take a look at Junior football in the local communities And, and, and what can be done um, I appreciate you could probably give me An hour long answer on this um, give, us the, give us the short version Of some of the work that, that you and the guys at St Rocks Do in your local community I will share with you Just in the first half of the programme there You were talking about the biggest defeats And it gave me a cold sweat <laughs> When I went to juniors four seasons ago Went to the amateurs And I used to work with Big Tommy Burns But Gordon and, and Mark No, God bless Big Tommy But we went in the juniors thinking it was going to be an easy shift. In our first game, we played Shells and hadn't beat them for six years and won 2-1. I was wanting to build like Jose Mourinho, I think it was a special one for four days. <laughs> four days later, we played Bells Hill. Bells Hill 10, St Rocks 2. <laughs> I went for the special one and they were the sack one in five days. So it brought by a bad memory in the first half of the show there. Uh, what about the community side of things, Andy? Um, because I know okay. that's something so, so you guys we, care we very much about. Lots of amateur uh, and junior clubs are involved in community activities, but we're a wee bit ahead of the curve. We've been for four years now. As a club, we've made a commitment. So we are doing things. I won't get any much detail about them unless you want to ask specific questions. But we've got like an employability programme. We've got a football academy, homework club for kids. We run festive and community dinners, Easter parties, firework displays. We have an annual anti-discrimination football tournament. We were the second club to join the on-the-ball campaign. 
uh, we allow the use of a stadium for charity games uh, where Pavilion gets used for the local groups and other partners and fans and stuff have done things like food bank collections, clothing and foodwear collections, uh, food, uh, footwear collections and just recently a toy drive where fans done for kids uh, for the community and for local nurseries. So because we're based within the, the, the community, we, we've tried to make some rocks a hub, I suppose, that people know they can come to us if, if, if they need it, and partners and, and other uh, community organisations, they work alongside us. So we, we try our very, very best to help them deliver the services that they offer. We've got a few things in the pipeline as well. We, we're about to be starting a, a sort of a walking talking group. That's for people who are isolated and, and maybe have depression. Uh, we're looking at, uh, there's a cookery lesson uh, starting in February. And a thing that I'm really interested in, and I have some of the guys in the show the other night talking about, on a Sunday morning, we're actually going to open up the park just to have, like, sideies <laughs> for kids. I know there's a lot of uh, uh, coaching and stuff goes on, but there's not an awful lot of times kids can just go on a football park and play football. So in, in the spring, we'll open up the pitch for primary school kids. 14 of them show up with seven aside, and if 40 of them show up, it'll be 20 aside. So there's things like that that we've tried. Some of them have worked really successfully. And others maybe never took off. Probably the, the jewel in the crown in terms of uh, people uh, recognising the stuff it was the Homework Club, uh, which has been really successful and really well received. Well, tell us a bit about that then, because, uh, I mean, what, what is Homework Club? Is, is that about giving children somewhere to, to do their homework? People perhaps from disadvantaged backgrounds, people who are going to struggle with that area, and you provide... What, a place and a platform right. and staff yeah, to help uh, start, them started four years ago with the guy in our committee who, uh, basically, believe it or not, was an astrophysicist. He understood the importance of education for making an impact on young people's lives to uh, give them an opportunity to make the, to be all the best they can be. Uh, to be honest, uh, I've, I've been involved with the club since then as well, and, and I wasn't sure whether or not we get kids from the Gangad, the Black Hill problem, or coming along with that type of class. It was, it was like physics and higher homework classes. What I've got to say is, since it was launched, it's been tremendously successful. Uh, every semester, there's between 16 and 20 young kids come up to the programme. Uh, and what we're hearing back from the schools is that every single young person who comes along to the class does better than they expected in their exams. What we do is there's a couple of guys come in from Glasgow University and they deliver this stuff. Now, all the stuff I've mentioned in terms of community activity, we deliver all that free for the end user. So what we do is we get funding for different groups that want to support people. So, for example, we will get funding to pay the tutors, but young people will come along to that, that programme. They receive that type of support w without any cost. I think uh, the cost of a mass tutor is something like 30 quid an hour. So some families in, in deprived areas won't be able to afford that. And, and certainly where we're based, there's certainly some families that might need that support. But some of the young people have excelled. And it's just there's some good news stories. I mean, I was, we were contacted just before Christmas there. Uh, from somebody at St Andrews Secondary School who said one of our teachers, Jordan O'Hara, he uh, was a graduate of our first maths and physics uh, homework club and he's now a teacher at uh, St Andrews and he speaks really well at the homework club and how it made the impact on him. So, I mean, we, we do that sort of stuff and there's other junior clubs who are involved in those kind of things as well. I mean, I mean junior clubs are in the hubs of communities, have been there, most of them, for over 100 years. So I, I, I think there is, there is opportunities for junior clubs to work with other partners what we fund us to support them and deliver the things that's the key strategic things that's needed for the city yeah, to make you, a difference. You touched on it towards the end there, Andy. What type of difference have you seen being made to individuals in your local community? Well, that, it, for each of the programmes, there's individual success stories. We, we wouldn't obviously watch people's individual details. I, I mentioned the teacher there. There was a young person who recently went uh, to Cambridge, the first from St. Knox. I mean, I think she'd only come along in the homework class a couple of times. Uh, the, the football academy we've got 
we don't have we have one youth team which is for 2004s but the football academy we have we invite other football clubs along again that's free in the summer kids come along and, and get coaching uh, but we invite other clubs along so there's young people from the football academy have been signed for other uh, youth clubs in fact one of the young people get picked up with Celtic and he's now up at uh, the school up at Lennox Town so there's different successes in, in the different uh, programmes we run uh, line, a line to that it has a, there's a correlation for the club the club currently are sitting in the championships the highest we've been uh, for probably 40 or 50 years uh, maybe 5 years ago there was 20 so all the guys yeah. would go along to some rocks games uh, because of the community stuff we've done and because of the social media presence we've got, we've been able to increase our profile, which means we get more sponsors, we get more advertising, we get more people through the doors. We've got 140 season ticket holders just now. Home games, we usually get about over 200, can be up to 800 for big games. And going to away games, there's 100 fans going, and including two supporters buses. Because of that, the profile of clubs increased. The type of play we've been able to bring in has improved. So we're now a semi-professional club. We've got guys coming in for much bigger clubs, for senior clubs, for Premier League clubs. And I think we're doing well on the park. And there is certainly a correlation with the community what we've done because it's raised our profile. It's got a lot more people interested in the club. And, and has a, had a positive impact on the team as well Why Why does it matter? That might seem like a pretty blunt question uh, Andy w- Why do you feel so strongly about working in the local community? Why is that important that junior clubs can try and do that? Well, Some of the stuff, with, I take it back to one of the first initiatives that we were involved in was the Football Academy I'd, I took my son along to one of them maybe about six years ago I'm standing there mothers single mothers for your community and the two kids and, and their football academies were charging like 35 quid a month I mean very very good football academies however I looked and I thought people in our community can't afford that sort of stuff so we, we tried some things they really worked and it became apparent and, and this is terrible in the society that our fans have recently done toy drive clothing and foodware collections food bank collections I mean in this century it's disgraceful that these types of services are needed but where, where we are at some rocks is that if we don't do it and do it well, then maybe no one else will. What we've realised was more partners come on board. For me, I'm from the community. Uh, the first football match I ever remember, my grandfather took me in 1980. It was actually the Benburg and Cup final at Hamden. I remember there was about 60,000 people there. Uh, as I say, I was, I was a St. Rocks fan because my, my mates played there and it was my local club. But I didn't actually realise the power uh, that a club like St. Rocks and many clubs throughout Glasgow and throughout the country can have within their local community because basically all of us have been there for the last 100 years and we're trusted and, and recognised within the community. So there is an opportunity to work with other partners to deliver good in the areas we live. Big thank you to Andy from St. Rocks. Uh, well done. Keep up the good work. And I'm sure there are lots of clubs out there doing similar things. So well done to you all, making a real difference uh, in your local communities. What about this full-time teaser quickly? Because we've got a lot to squeeze in. Right. I've got a couple for you. Right, go for it Van Gaal Yep and Man United and Holland The one we should have got Martinez Yeah Yeah Everton, Belgium Roy Hodgson uh, No, because the, he still Don't manages In English Premier League Oh, former You're doing oh. a DL here yeah. Scalari Oh, that's oh, a good show Brilliant Yes, Chelsea and Portugal Tell me Did Avram Grant Avram Grant Yes Yes Did Avocat manage in the Premier League? No Yeah, he did Uh yeah, I'm no. sure it was in the Premier League yeah. Sunderland Yeah do you know what though That's one that for some reason I took off the list And I can't remember why He did manage Sunderland Just add him on mm-hmm. Why not Venables uh, No 
So well, yeah, I think I need to qualify it by saying all the clubs are still in the top flight in England. That's why Sunderland doesn't count. Ah, oh, the questions changing as we go now. You've got the rest. You've got yeah. the rest, no problem. Doesn't change much. I've got uh, another one. I've Bellich. got Yep. Oh, you are I forgot about him. Quickly. Yeah. Ronald Koeman? Yes. Oh great right. So you've only got one, two, three, four left. Uh, let's speak to Robert and Stevenson. Hi Robert. Oh hi, how are you doing? I was very glad to hear the chap talking there from, uh, from St Rocks because what he is doing is um, fantastic at St Rocks. Um, I grew up in that area and I seen my first St Rocks games about 1955 with my grandfather. I went oh. to all the games with him all over all over Glasgow and, uh, and my granda Edward Brady would be so proud of what's getting done there just now. But um, just some funny stories about uh, when I was younger and used to watch the Rocks games. Um, I remember one game when um, one of the opposing wingers was running down the wing and it's very near to the sideline at St. Rocks Park. And he, he skinned the St. Rocks right back and then someone stuck a foot from <laughs> uh, under the bar and tripped the guy where he was going down the, in, in the line. And there was another one where... Um, Do you booked for uh, it? Yeah, I think so. I can't. I, I, I was relatively young. He's shown a red card. Uh, well, I don't know about referees then. Uh, but um, there was another one where someone uh, had ran through, chipped a goalie, and the ball was rolling into the Rocks goal. And somebody had run round to the back of the net and stopped the ball before it went in the net and then ran up and sat in the wall on Broomfield Road to see what had happened. <laughs> uh, and what actually happened, it was a drop ball. You know, but uh, St. Rocks were a, yeah, a great team. And my grandfather was a season ticket holder from, oh, I don't know, many, many years up to he died in uh, the early 60s. But uh, St. Rocks was always, um, well, it's where Jimmy McGrory started his football. Uh, the guy who still holds the record for the most goals scored in the UK. Um, he started at Melbourne Park and Gangard Hill. And only. Um, the thing I've got to fame is that I was born 50 yards away from where Jimmy McGrory was. That's a decent but, claim to fame, Robert. You know, yeah, but um, St. Rocks uh, were um, a great team. I've seen Frank Brogan, Jim Brogan played at St. Rocks. I've seen him play Canvas Lang Rangers when it was 4-3, and I think it was about 3,000 people uh, in Provenwell Park, but it's now Jimmy McGrory Stadium. But what the guys are doing here is totally brilliant. And my brother, Edward, uh, who lives in Toronto, um, he's got a St. Rocks shirt sent over to him. Um, he ordered one online. He followed him. He follows him online, and I try and go to see St. Rocks games, but I stay down in Stevenson now, so um, I don't get to as too many. many. As like. And and I'm getting old as well. But um, St. Rocks is a big, big part of my life, and I'm so glad that um, they're doing all the good things they are doing, and they're a either a credit. Um, to the community the Gangad and to all the people that live there and I just hope they keep doing well in the uh, well in the future and I'm sure they will Great stuff thank you very much Robert and Stevenson big big junior involvement in the, the big Scottish Cup if you like it coming very soon Auchinleck up against Ayr and we're going to speak to the Auchinleck manager next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors a team that gets results every week talk to thompsons.com
Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson and Gordon DL are here Scott Campbell from the Scottish Sun Our junior football expert as well uh, Still talking all things junior football But we do have the teaser to try and get through um, I think it's 11 men Who previously managed in the English Premier League So no longer And have at some point Managed a non-UK or I- Ireland European national side um, So caretakers interims don't count And it's only for clubs currently in the English Premier League so you've got Avram Grant, Scolari, Conte, Martinez, Coleman, Van Hal, Bilic, anymore? Yeah, Mancini. Yep, Man City in Italy. God, Mark. Hulé. Yep. Two to get. <sighs> One is with a very well-known footballing nation. The other is not. Let's just say that. <laughs> right, a couple of minutes to think about it. Barry McFadgen's on Twitter at Clyde SSB says, The maddest thing I've seen in junior football was Pollock's right back at the time, Tam Hanlon, a hat trick that was featured in Soccer AM at the time. Great advert for the game, Scott. I remember seeing that. That used was to go to school with him. That was incredible. <laughs> that was incredible, wasn't it? <laughs> I did. Yeah, that was certainly one of the, the best uh, hat tricks you're, you're ever going to see. So I think Tam gets uh, unbelievable publicity about it afterwards. I think and well deserved as well. Yeah. Remind me what they were, they were. Were they all long? I think they were all long range, weren't they? Or certainly two I were incredible they were at least strikes. A of them very long range strikes. I think yeah, especially for for a right back, it's not particularly something you'd expect to see. But he came up trumps that day. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a better hat trick than that. Mm. It was that outstanding. Was um, so you went to school with him so I did go to school with him Hi, uh, hi. So yeah. Talk to my friend he knows Talk us through the hat trick The hat trick Do you not remember seeing it I, Like Gordon says I, I can't remember I, It was everywhere I'll show you it later You'll drive me home I'll show you Unbelievable That's me just announcing that to you I'm the driver the uh, Right I'm pleased to say We are joined on the line right now uh, Tommy Sloan Is the Auchin Lake Talbot manager Tommy You've just finished training Thanks for joining us No bother now, it must be uh, building up quite nicely A huge Scottish Cup tie and, and the big Scottish Cup, if you like Against Air United, fast approaching How's that feeling? Oh, it's a great feeling uh, It's a tie we never thought would happen uh, A derby match with a difference, you can say, for us uh, So, we're all really looking forward to it And we've got a wee job here Another derby match in Saturday Before that one, and we'll get coming up this Saturday So <laughs> That's uh, two in a row we're having uh, For people who don't know Tommy And I think most people have a rough idea Just sum up how much this will mean to the people of Ayrshire Well it's Let me know so much Ayrshire But certainly the village of Auchinleck uh, There have been a lot of big games in their time uh, But a Scottish Cup tie against uh, Aaron Coman That's obviously the team's local to us uh, It's something we, we thought we'd never see uh, And look, our fans will be Expecting a performance on the day, which adds a wee bit of pressure as well. So, I look, it's it's all it's been talked about. It can overshadow everything at the moment. But my focus is trying to be on the next match, uh, and hopefully we can manage to get a victory on Saturday, get into the air game, which would be a real boost for us. About two more minutes, and I promise I'll let you focus on on the next match. You can understand the excitement <laughs> around this one. I mean, it's going to be it's live on t- live on television as well on the BBC. Um, how how are the players? How are you feeling about that side of things? Ah, look, uh, look, some of the boys has played at the seniors and maybe had an odd game in the in the TV or whatever. I don't know, but look, we just that, that's something uh, we'll need to actually speak about. Probably you, you you've got to play the way you always play. It's one of the things we, we can't start trying to do things that we're not normally doing. Uh, so that'll be a focus for me in the day. Uh, but I, look, I'm sure we've got a bit of experience there in the team and. Uh, I'm sure they'll help the young lads along there. How much belief is there that you can go and cause some sort of upset? Oh, well, you've got to believe. Uh, it's, 
I, I took in their game the other week there, they were doing it at Palmerston, uh, and Queen of the South, a team in their league and a decent side. But they set up against here to actually be solid and uh, they've got quality players on their side. And I'm got, obviously I'm coming away going, that's a team in their own league setting up that way against them. They're dominated the match, but it finished up a draw. So, I look, that's something I need to look at and uh, just how we set up. We normally go and attack every team that comes to it, but, but uh, is it a time for a change? Well, I, I've got to make that decision uh, in the next mm. week or so. Uh, Lauren Shanklin, Dean McCall was saying today that no player will leave air this window and if they do, they'll certainly be, be loaned back. Uh, was that the worst news you've heard all day? I've got it. Aye, I never <laughs> do that. There you go. Uh, well, he's, he adds a bit of quality along with Michael Moffat up front. Here's a team full of Good energy, young guys uh, with real legs about them and plenty of life. But they add that bit of quality up in the front rank there. So ah, look, I'm sure our players will look forward to playing against Lawrence Shankland. Uh, so look, we're relishing the, the chance to go and play against there. So hopefully on the day we can put out a show and uh, hopefully get a result. Now the football side of it's one thing There's obviously There's a financial impact Of, of getting such a big tie And one on television And I know the club's been involved In, in sort of similar sized ties before um, But that, that must make a huge difference Oh it's a big deal for our club Definitely uh, Look I'm going to say Obviously I don't take much to do With the, the financial side uh, That's I try and concentrate On the playing side But I'm well aware This is a big tie And we, we can make good money out of it And that, that can help our club For years to come But uh at that side, it doesn't. On the day, all I'm worried about is putting on a performance and trying to get some kind of result. So uh, that side, it I don't really look at. I'll be honest with you. How, how difficult is that balance? You've mentioned you've got big games coming up before that. You've, you, I mean, I think you're probably still at training at the moment. Um, you're, you're certainly just about to leave. How how do you make sure the the players are focused um, on on the job in hand and perhaps not not dreaming ahead too much? Aye, that's right. Look, it's it's no easy. It doesn't matter how much you drum it into them. It's doing to the individual that I feel. But look, hopefully we've got enough experience. Come, that's a big deal for us as well. Being honest with you, it's a it's a cup tie. Uh, it's uh, bragging rights in the in the, the airship. So uh, we want to make sure we we are staying topic. Come, that and uh, hopefully we can take care of them and take winning form into the next game. That's really important. I feel. Great stuff. Tommy Slow knocking like Talbot manager. Thank you very much for joining us. We wish you well. Hey, bother. Great stuff. That was Tommy Scott Campbell. You watch a whole lot of junior football. C- can you see it? Can it happen? Have they, they got a chance? They've certainly got a chance, yeah. I was um, at the, in the last round there, played another junior team, Bees Juniors away. That's right, yeah. Uh, finished 3 0 in the end, but it took uh, over an hour to break them down, and uh, Bees certainly gave them a real test. And I think I'd imagine Talbot will come out very strong and try and get in their faces early doors uh, on a week on Saturday. And it'll just be about how uh, air adapt to that I don't think we should pretend I don't think we have to hide from the fact there is um, It's often described as not being for the faint-hearted Junior football There, there yep. will be a, a darker side to these um, meetings uh, Has it got a bit of a powder keg feel about it? It, can, it certainly could have, yeah it's Like the, the game in, they've got coming up this Saturday against Cumnock uh, That'll be a, a lively affair as well sort of thing, and just, uh, But I think... Uh, 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 Talbot can play decent football as well It won't just be about that They've got players And they can get the ball down And pass it about And they won't be scared To try and take air on uh, uh, playing, playing football too Yeah Looking forward to that I'll be a cracker to well, watch Can't wait yeah. well, can After 40 minutes And the game settles down To 150 mile an hour <laughs> I think it'll be good uh, You've been down there oh. at, at air of course And in the junior scene So I mean yeah, What's it yeah. going to be like I, I'll tell you what um, Tucker I know him very well He's done a terrific job Down there Great lad 
he'll be confident. Um, but Air will have to play on the day. Air have got better players, yes, of course they have. But you've got to turn up and you've got to perform. I'm sure Ian McCall will be telling these players that. Looking for two more on the full time teaser. 11 men who've previously managed in the English. English Premier League And have at some point Managed a non-UK Or Irish uh, European national side So this only includes Teams that are currently In the English Premier League As well You've only got two to get You've got Hulley uh, Grant Scolari Conte Martinez Coleman Mancini Van Hal Bilic Which means you only need two They're clearly The two most difficult They were always going to be The two that you struggled with Well De Boer's no one Is he? No Did that say Toshak? Before He's not one all right, he did, but he's not Better. one. Villas boss. Nope, he's not one. I'm stuck. Yeah, give clue time, Gordon. Anything you had, Scott? Nope. Yeah, Scott, yeah, you've been, been a great help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, Sorry, Scott. Spurs in France. Oh, oh. Uh, this should be good. Did John Collins work under him? Did the lad Tiago? Oh, uh, Tigana, no. Tigana. No. Oh, I good no. guess. Uh, that's rubbish. <laughs> you think Spurs, Spurs in France? France. Jack Santini. No. Oh, and the no other ones, Chelsea and Armenia. I thought you were going. I don't. I've, I don't know why, but I thought you were going to get this one. No. Like give you his initials. Yeah. I. P. Ian. In Porter. Porter. Field, field, field. Field. Yes, you got there in the end. Thank you, Gordon DL uh, and Mark Wilson. Special thanks to Scott Campbell, our juniors football guru, this evening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our look at junior football. Probably a bit of a shame we couldn't do it for much longer, but we're back tomorrow night at six o'clock in the company of Hugh Keevans and Derek Johnson. And stay where you are because Callum Gallagher is up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com.